Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruits as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the, the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Here ends the reading of God's word. Father, thank you so much for giving us the privilege to hear your word. Once again, as we do, as we hear your word, we pray that give us an opened ear. Give us a circumcised ear. Give us a sanctified ears so we can hear what the Spirit says to the churches in our times. What we are not make us. Where we are not take us. Who we are not make us. All to the glory of God the Christ alone, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you look at the text very carefully, it starts by talking about how Paul, which he always does, is an apostle and writing to the saints and faithful brethren. It pays to be faithful. In life, it pays to be faithful. Whether in marriage, whether in business, whether in ministry, and whether in career, pays to be faithful. And God actually rewards faithfulness. It says to the faithful brethren who are in Christ, and it says that we give thanks to God for you. And talking about their faith, and then their love, and their hope. And talking about their, verse 5 says, the hope that is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is in all the world, and brings forth fruits as it does also in you. Since they, watch this, this is where I'm coming to. The verse 6 talks about how the word of God has come to them as it's done in all the world and brings forth fruit, which just as it does in you also. When you really have an encounter with God's word, it, fruits will show. 
the word of God. Today's reading, you remember Isaiah 55. It says that, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Now, that's the verse 11. But the verse 10 talks about how as the rain comes down and the snow comes down and it maketh the earth bring forth and bad and it gives seed to the sower and food to the eater. It depends on who you are. If you are an eater, you get bread. If you are a sower, you get seed. Yeah, the word of God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Some people in church are only eaters. A consumer is always waiting for the next one. A consumer must always depend on the supplier. A consumer always waiting for the next allocation, next thing the supplier is going to bring. But a distributor doesn't always have to wait. A distributor makes themselves someone who has to give. So if you're a distributor, you must always have in order to give. Bible says that what do you have and you did not receive? So if you're a distributor, you have, but if you're a consumer, you have to wait for it to come. There's no glory in being a dependent so long as, why, why should your life be sustained when you are healthy? So it says that the word of God, verse six, which is come unto you as is in all the world and bring forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard it. Watch this. Since the day you heard the word of God, it started bringing forth fruit. But that's not, the fruit is not because you heard the word of God. If you don't finish the text, you think it's about just hearing. But you heard the word of God and knew the grace of God in truth. When you, when you encounter actual grace, your life will be fruitful. You can't encounter actual grace and be fruitless or disgraced. Your life, when, since you knew the grace of God in truth, hallelujah. And so it, it, if you notice, he kept talking about them, about them. So the verse um, three, we give God thanks for you. Verse four, since we heard of your faith. Verse five, and your hope. Verse six, um, fruits are in your life because you knew the grace of God. Verse seven, as a result of Epaphras. So these things we are spoken about you is because of Epaphras which also you learned from Epaphras, our faithful brother, and he spoke a bit about Epaphras. He said, we heard this about you, about you, about you. Epaphras has been a blessing to you, and because of that, you have fruit and that. He says, now, verse 9, he says that, for this cause, we also. There's always a responsibility for you and for us, for we. Apostolic responsibility. Apostolic responsibility is not to connect you to people who marry you. It's good if I know someone has a business and looking for a job or a flat, wants someone, I might call. I said, told me, okay, maybe check this one. It's good, but that's not a, a primary responsibility of, a, a, of an apostle. He said, we also, since we had, we see, we have to check. We, we tick, you tick the, the box of faith. You take the box of love. You take the box, the box of hope. And grace is actually working in your life. And there are fruits because of Epaphras. We also, everybody say we also. We also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. I said it in the previous teaching, that you want to have credibility as a minister or as a pastor 
in the life of people you are not praying for. It's a joke. They may respect you for the office, but there is something that God gives. I like the way Hebrews chapter 5 verse 4 says. He said, no man takes this honor upon himself. People are going around with titles thinking it will bring the honor. Titles doesn't come with honor. The actual honor from God, it doesn't come with titles. When we give you title, we might, we, I can give you a title, but I can't give you the honor. Because no one takes this honor from himself. No one takes it, but except he who is called of God. God gives the honor that goes with the office. Now, for you to be an officer and to be relevant in the lives of people, listen, don't desire to receive respect from people. Desire to add value to people. And you receive respect from people. Did you hear what I said? Desire to add value to people. Be a value-adding personnel in the life of others, especially in the church. There are people who come to churches, join churches, and it's all about them. No one say hello to me. People are not friendly. Especially those who go around, people who say this, never trust anyone who pass comment like, there's no love in the church. There's something wrong with them. There's no love in the church. There's no love. There's nowhere where the Bible commands that you should be loved. It actually commands you to love. So stop demanding love from people and start giving love. Start giving love. Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that he might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now look at the prayer topic. I'll give you 12 things he prayed for the church. But I said, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire. We are not just praying, but we are desiring that you might be filled. Not that you might get a good job, you buy a house and all. The desire for you is a different thing. And that is fundamentally Christian. All the other things you can desire for anybody. But there are some things that it's when, that's what distinguishes us or differentiates us as Christians. It's a desire that you might be filled. Can you imagine? You are walking and you are filled with the knowledge of God in all wisdom. What? Filled with the knowledge of God's will. As I spoke about the will of God, the will of God here is not the smaller ones. Who you should marry, where you should settle, which branch you should be part of, or for those of you who are watching online, which church you should attend. It's good. But those are baby will, as I explained the other time. The will of God here, if I verse the verse one, he mentioned the will of God there. He said, I'm an apostle, apostle of Christ, by the will of God. No, by the will of God, don't let us make it petty. The will of God here is talking about God's eternal arrangement and purpose. Some species are eternitis, looking at things in the light of eternity. So that's the will of God. Don't judge the will of God based, only based on what you eat today, which, should you buy Mercedes, or you should buy Punto, or should, you know, those things are also, just may, it will make your life okay here. But the will, when we talk about the will of God, these are weightier matters of eternal value. The will of God. And he says that, I'm praying for you that you'll be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. Wow! You'll be filled 
filled with the knowledge of his will. You know his will. Not his will for me, what I should do now, which is all part of it, but his will. So that when you are going through, whatever you are going through, you are so filled with the knowledge of his will that nothing temporal or nothing happening around you, nothing incumbent discourages you. Nothing incumbent derails you. Because you are filled with the will of God. Because in life, things happen you don't understand. Can you imagine when Jesus died on the cross? He was the only one who understood. He was the only one. The disciples were actually scattered. But one thing I like about Jesus is he's such a good pastor that he didn't want his disciples to be touched. He said, I'm the Christ you are looking for. I'm the one. Leave this one let them go. Even at the last stage, he protected them. Don't touch them. Because he knew that if they arrest them too, some of them, Peter, Peter denied him just that the same night. So he knew they, they can't. Even though they were making noise, we are there with you here. He knew they can't. He said, just let them go. When he went to heaven, he went interceding on their behalf. Wow, what, what a great high priest. What a great shepherd of the, of the sheep. So Jesus Christ was the only one who knew. That's why he joyfully died on the cross. Pastor, do you say he joyfully? Yes, he did. But he was crying on the cross. If any, on the, when he went to pray, he said, if it's possible, let, you, let this thing all come back. So that he didn't go joyfully. No, what he was so afraid of was the sin. Because he was so holy, he has never seen sin. For the first time, sin, definitely he must, he must repel it. He must abhor it. No, no, please, if it's possible, don't let this sin thing come on me. He doesn't know sin. He was sinless. And now they are going to put the sins of the whole world on him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The sins of the world, he definitely, of a necessity, by virtue of his holy nature, he must abhor it. So that was what he was praying about, if it's possible. Not the cross. The cross was not a problem. But the sin that he was going to bear on the cross, what was he was praying about. So he joyfully embraced the cross. However, people thought it was the end, including his disciples including those who loved him most. The women who were following were dedicated to him. The first day of the week, they were going to the tomb to go and embalm him, to give him a decent rest. Because they knew that it's over. It is over. But he knew that, that was not, it wasn't over. In other words, that what he was going through was temporal because God had a bigger agenda. You remember in Acts chapter 7, when Paul said that the angel of God, whose I am and who I serve, chapter, verse 20, 20, 21, 22, 23, stood by me tonight and told me that, Paul, you must be before Caesar. You are going to Rome. The, the angel told Paul, saying, fear not, Paul, for that must be brought before Caesar. So you see, even though it looks like there's no hope of life, he knew in the grand scope of things, the will of God was that Caesar must hear the gospel. Rome must hear the gospel. He was going to Rome to go and spread the gospel in Rome. And so the high seas, even though there was no hope, Bible says that all hope of being saved was gone. What? He said, we despaired of life. He said, all hope. He says that, and when neither sun nor star in many days appeared, can you imagine? Many days appeared. And no small tempest lay on us. In other words, not only sun and star didn't appear, but the beating, the, the storm, constantly, for many days, hey, beating on, on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. There's no hope, all of them. And it was after this that the angel of the Lord, it was after this. Look at the next verse. Verse 21, please. 
But after a long abstinence, Paul stood and told them, where, where is this coming from? Because he has met an angel. The angel came. After all hope of being saved was gone, angel came to him. So I think I'm standing here like an angel telling you, don't let your current situation discourage you. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. There is a bigger plan of God for your life than what you eat or what you drink, than what you wear and where you live, than what you earn and who you will know. There's a bigger agenda of God for your life than who you marry and what child you have. There's a bigger agenda for, of God over even your children are, are a function of God's a purpose and agenda in your life. So I don't have a child yet. I don't, please don't let it weigh you down. Thank God that He's faithful and in His time He makes all things beautiful. God is faithful. When you go through whatever you are going through, be filled with the knowledge of it. But how will you be able to go through it if you are not filled with the knowledge of his will? So the pastor, the apostle, he said, I'm praying for you that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This one sounds a bit uh, unclear. Be filled in the knowledge of it. Quite a long statement. A lot to chew on. That I'm praying that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That one, what's the meaning? <laughs> Think about it. What, what's the meaning of this? That's why we are doing this. So we, have, we try to explore what he's trying to say. Because we have to understand what he's trying to say. Definitely he's saying something meaningful. But on first sight, it might not be meaningful to us. Now, he's, don't forget that he's writing to a church that was living in a society of all kinds of ideas and opinions. So to the extent that chapter two, he told them, verse eight, be, be careful, lest someone spoil you through philosophy. He said, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions, tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. This, so philosophy, vain deceit, Traditions of men, rudiments of the world, these are good things, but you, they can distract you from Christ. So he was warning them, and they were living in a, a society that was driven by tantalizing philosophy, the Gnostics ideology of wisdom. We know, we, you know, we've done research. We've done research and we can, we, we can tell you that, you know, this whole Christ thing, there's a dimension to it that you, you, you wouldn't know. And they, they were being bamboozled and bullied by so-called wisdom. Wisdom. And it's sensual wisdom or earthly wisdom, human wisdom. So there are things that you are taught in universities that are good, they sound amazing, but it's pure human wisdom. There are a lot of, you know, can you imagine sometimes when you, when you listen to uh, Prime Minister's Question Time or all this, sometimes the opposition sounds so right. Other times too, the government sounds so right. It depends on which side you are. And those in the opposition and those in government, they, these are great, intelligent people. So if intelligence is common, intelligence is common, why is it that they differ on opinions? If it's the same, because you are intelligent, I'm also intelligent. But why is it that you have a point which differs from the point I also have? That's human wisdom. Because you might have a means to achieve this 
thing this way. I might also have a means to, mine will be good, your might be also good, but one might be better. But mine might be good. Later we'll find out which one is the, is the best. See, so human wisdom is not bad in itself, but they were being bullied by supposed wisdom that neutralizes and nullifies Christ. Some of you, family members, bully you so much that there's no point then. Okay, let me tell you some of the wisdom. When you have, you're tired, your work schedule, Monday, you work from 8 to 8. Tuesday, you work from 8 to 8. 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, you even have work half day. And there's so much work. Your house is four, five-bedroom house. There's a lot of stuff. Sunday is the only time you can do your laundry. You can, do you have to go to church? You can watch online. I mean, you see, you see how it sounds wise? You can watch, and, and they will even seal it by saying, God understands. They'll tell you God will not be angry. God will not be angry. You don't have to go. In fact, if you go once every two months with the schedule, are you trying to, they'll say, are you trying to say God didn't give you that job? God gave you the job. How do you know? Because you're able to feed your children. You're able to pay your rent. Look at the things you're able to do. You're able to help your mother. Look at the things you're able to do. You're actually giving to charities. You see, you're donating a lot. Do you think this is not more Christian than just going to sit in a church for somebody just to be preaching? You can hear the same preaching and maybe maybe different, better ones online. So the reason with you is, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, be careful, no one spoils you with philosophy. So wisdom, earthly wisdom, and they were being bullied with earthly wisdom, natural wisdom, things that are wise and they sound amazing. So then, sometimes what the world calls wisdom, I'm not saying every wisdom of the world is bad. Some of it might look wise, and if you are not careful and you want to walk with God, purely based on the wisdom of the world, you will miss God. So he's here. He said that, okay, let me show you something. He says that, uh, I'm praying that you'll be filled with the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom. Now, the wisdom he's mentioned here is different from the worldly wisdom. The wisdom of the world is based on the dark mind. The dark mind. So some of it is good, others, others is too extreme. Others, some of it is not wise. If you, in certain nations, people in government, the policies they come out with and the decisions they make in some nations, you are wondering, but I thought these people should be wise. They pass some laws and that somebody can sleep with his dog. But they are educated. How? How did we get this far? I know what some guys are thinking, that they should change the law here and make it, make it acceptable to marry more than one woman. Because you say, that, but why, why should I be stopped for marrying someone I love? Men have the ability to love more than... <laughs> I know some of you, that's your prayer. So, in all wisdom. Now, when you look at um, Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about how their understanding is darkened. Being alienated, verse 18, having their understanding darkened, why? Being alienated from the life of God. So then, when we talk about worldly wisdom, most of it is birthed out of a darkened understanding, even though it might work one way or the other. 
It's birthed out of a darkened understanding. But when we talk about godly wisdom, watch this, listen to, don't miss this, don't miss this. Godly wisdom is of the spirit of God from our spirits. So the spirit of God who, let me use some of these words so that you can be familiar with it, some of these phrases. The spirit of God who indwells your spirit. So every human being has a spirit. When you become born again, the Holy Spirit indwells you. Where? In your spirit. So then your spirit and the spirit of God becomes mingled into one entity. Even though you still have your human spirit. So Paul, Romans chapter 8, said, uh, for the spirit of God, verse 16, bears witness with what? Our spirits. So we have our spirits and the spirit of God. So every spirit is not the same. When we say the spirit, it might be your spirit or the spirit of God. So the spirit of God bears witness with our spirits. Now, when you are born again, the spirit of God indwells your human spirit. And that is where the wisdom of God starts from. So the wisdom of God is supplied by the spirit of God in your human spirit. And the wisdom of God, what does it, what's the benefit of the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God helps you to understand or appreciate the will of God. It helps you to know what actually God is doing in a grand scope of things. The, the wisdom of God or the spirit of God. So the wisdom of God help us to have a better understanding of the things of God or what God is doing. And now wisdom is of the spirit. But he didn't only mention wisdom here. Look at the screen again. In Colossians chapter one, the same text, he said, verse nine, please. We pray that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and what? Spiritual understanding. Understanding is of your mind. Wisdom is of the spirit. Understanding is of the mind, wisdom is of the spirit. So your spirit man receives wisdom, and then it, that's why in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, it talks about be, be, be renewed in the what? In the spirit of your mind. And so the wisdom in your spirit now begins to affect your mind. So you are, you are talking about a sanctified mind based on a renewed spirit, based on a regenerated spirit. So the spirit of God, this is only Christians can be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Only Christians. Because we have the spirit of God indwelling us. And the spirit of God gives us the wisdom of God. And when we have received the wisdom of God, it begins to affect the way we understand, affects our mind. So our, the, spirit, the spirit of your mind is renewed. The spirit of your mind. Can you imagine? He said, be ye renewed in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20 again. Be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be ye re so then, it means that you don't judge things just as anybody at all judges. Your judgment has a heavy influence from the spirit of God. Now, how can that happen if you don't get filled with the knowledge of his will? So, it's not based on education. It's not purely based on teaching. That's if it was based on teaching, you would just teach them straight away without praying. But I said, I'm praying for you. Because this thing is, just, is so spiritual, it starts from the place of prayer. And I thought of the prayers we should pray, that God, fill me 
with the knowledge of your will. It's a good prayer to pray. Fill me with your knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So people don't just come talking to you and say anything. Say, ah, okay, okay, I get it, okay. You have so much spiritual wisdom that sometimes, I don't know how many of you have experienced this before, where sometimes someone throws you a religious question. That sounds very wise, and you don't even have answer to it, but in your spirit, you know it's still wrong. Many years ago, I heard about an old lady, old lady who is not very well-educated, but she's born again and she's been preaching about Christ. And she met this person, other man or woman, met this man and talking to the man about Christ. And the man was very, very, very highly educated and he's read all kinds of things. So the man started asking him theological questions. He asked him, you are, t- you are preaching to me about Christ? I should, I should let Christ be in my life. What, does, what do you understand by this? When the Bible said this, how does that, uh, uh, what does that mean? He, he threw her questions that were so heavy she couldn't explain, but strong points. But the man was in the wrong because he didn't, he didn't want to believe. But the woman couldn't argue against the guy because the guy was too good and he knew what he was talking about. After everything, the woman said, I don't have answers to your question anyway, but I still have Jesus. Do you, need, do you have Jesus? You need, are you still in need? He said, let's cast to the chase. All these things, yeah, it's very powerful. Which the questions he was asking her could make her lose her faith. But the faith, faith, watch this, please. Faith is not first of the mind. It's of the spirit. So when you hear a pastor say, I used to believe, but I don't believe, he was really never caught. And it was never in his spirit. Because when it's in your spirit, what is, what is, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 said, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. This, this is an, an irreversible mixture. This is an inseparable union. We are one spirit with Christ. It can't it can be reversed. In the spirit, did you see that? He who is joined to the Lord, unto the Lord, is one spirit. He, but he, let's already allow from the screen. Let's go. One more time, louder, please. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. He said, if you don't have the spirit of God, you don't belong to Christ. You don't belong to Christ. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you, that's indwells you. The same thing, dwells in you. Now, if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. What? And verse 6 talks about the mind that is set. So to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And it talks about how the mind that is set on the things on the flesh minds the things of the flesh. Verse 5. Let's look at verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind. Say mind. When they are after the flesh, when they talk, it's always flesh, flesh, flesh. They do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. The next verse says, for to be, to be carnally minded is there, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Listen, you can be spiritually minded. It's not only for, you see, some of you think spiritual, they are spiritual gurus. There's nothing like spiritual guru. You are a Christian, the, the, the seed of God is in you. You can choose to be spiritually minded. You can choose to, Wednesday I was in Reading Church. I went to preach at the Reading Church, and I preached a message 
Don't live your life. That's the title of the message. Stop living your life. Live his life. Live his life. For me to live. Live his life. Don't be living your life. And I show them how to live the life of Christ. As a Christian, how do I live Christ? I was, I was teaching them. Now, it's important to understand that when you are filled with the Spirit of God, you, you, you can... Do uh, <laughs> you know when you have money in your account? Okay, some of you have about three different accounts. Sometimes you use a card to pay uh, this one. You, okay, I know. You, or you can move money from this account into this account to do the transaction, right? There are some accounts you can't do certain transactions from because that account has got only about... 300 pounds in it. But this thing you are trying to buy, this bed you are buying for you and your wife is 1,002. So you need to use this account, the card of this account. In the same way, when you are a believer, you can afford to live from your spirit. If you are not a believer, you can't. You don't have the, you are bankrupt in the spirit. Every, one of the signs that show you are a Christian is that your spirit is alive unto God. The life of God indwells you and you can afford to live from your spirit now. So that the wisdom of God that fills us must be first from the spirit. It's a spiritual thing. It's not just a mental thing where you can just read and reading to know. And read. Some people are reading, 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 and you are read. You read it, read it, read it, but we can't see fruits of the spirits in this your whole Christian research. We can't see. We can't see. When you talk, people are not lifted. When you speak, people are, are discouraged. They are not lifted or they feel more carnal. Certain pastor told me some time ago recently, he said, you, you, when I speak to you, you are one, of, one man of God, when I speak to you, we end up with scriptures. All my other friends, when we speak, it's like we speak our business, speak about different things. But when I speak with you, and I feel lifted. And I felt like that, that was a nice compliment because that's what I want to be in people's life. When I relate with you, there's one aspect that should never go unattended to, your spiritual life. Your spiritual life. There's something must stir you towards God. That makes me filled with the Holy Spirit. When I'm dealing with you and the, the Spirit is filled with my life, when I'm dealing with you, by the time we, it doesn't matter how long or how short, you feel a bit more God words. Some people, by the time you finish dealing with you, you are upset, you want to kill somebody. You're <laughs> See how important, look at the prayer topic. Say, so when I heard about your faith, when I, I, I heard about your love for the saints when I, and your, your hope that is laid up for you and the, how the gospel has bringing forth fruit in you since the day you knew the gospel and then knew the grace of God in truth. said, we also, we also, we do not cease praying for you that you'll be filled. That's so important for your Christian journey. This, this is a better prayer than praying for you for marriage. I, I'm not saying marriage is not important. It's very important. And please, just so you come to church next Sunday. I've been praying for your marriage. I've been praying for your marriage. But there's a better prayer that I also make sure I don't have to leave not praying for you. That we shall be filled, you and I will be filled with the knowledge of his will. 
in all, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Let me just add one more verse and then. No, look at the verse 10. No wisdom and spiritual understanding. That he might, oh. You see, when you are filled with the knowledge of his will, the resultant effect is that you walk worthy of the law unto all pleasing. And you become fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. You become fruitful in every good way. That is why it's so important that every one of us, listen, please, please, make this part of your regular prayer, that Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will. Fill me with the knowledge of your will. Make it part of, it's like you can make it, um, instead of saying, our Father who art in heaven, say that one, and then pray for other things. <laughs> Do you understand? Some of us, you don't finish your prayer by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hello be thy name, thy kingdom come forever and ever. Amen. It's not bad, it's good. But get meaningful, get real. Pray that God will fill you with the knowledge of His will. And then you can add the Our Father. <laughs> but pray that God will fill you. Because there are too many people who are bankrupt of the knowledge of His will. Bankrupt. And it makes you a cheap victim. You cry where you are not supposed to cry. You fret when you are supposed to be rejoicing. You suffer unnecessary stress and strain because you are only thinking about what is making you feel the way you are feeling now. Lift up your eyes. After Lot chose the best place of Sodom, the, the most fertile plains, God told Abraham, lift up your eyes. Don't look just here. Lift up your eyes and see. However, you, as far as you see, I'll give it to you for your possession. Lift up your eyes. See farther than where you are. See farther than how you feel. See farther than what you see. See far. But all these things are much more at the mercy of being filled with the knowledge of God's will. That you walk worthy of the Lord. Can you imagine? There are people who walk worthy of the Lord. One of the areas that every one of us, see, you, we, we see you as a Christian, but the people who live with you, they know you are not really serious. Children don't like hypocrisy. The older you grow, then you begin to accept politics and hypocrisy. Yeah, some of you, you, you are in church. The way you smile with people is a lot of fake. But the truth is, that's why I preached the message during lockdown, remove the mask. Start dealing with people, not, okay, if you don't feel funny, if you feel funny about people, don't tell them I feel funny about it. It's not responsible. But work on yourself to be nice to people, genuinely. When you like somebody, when you like the fact that it's now she's also, today we will announce our marriages. Don't be jealous, okay? Don't, don't be jealous, just, even if you are jealous, if which can be human. Because the first jealousy expressed in the world, in the Bible, ended up in murder. Yeah. Jealous people will always end up in something atrocious. Be nice. Even when you are getting jealous, tap yourself, say, hey, hey, hey. There's no point. There's no point. Educate yourself. That's wisdom. Tap in the wisdom of God in your spirit. Be spiritual. And walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I believe you received something today. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, 
Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share the message. Be blessed.